I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello folks and welcome to tonight's episode of the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. I am your host once again, Andrew Stewart. I've got the Gallant Two on with me tonight. Uh, Shona, how are we? I'm very well, Andrew. Yes, looking forward to talking about Rangers tonight and the, the result during the week. So I think most of this pod will actually just be talking about that which one people. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk loads on that result and what's to come in the second leg. Chris, how are you my man? I'm very good, thank you, Andrew. Um, it's good to be back on and um, just to let the listeners know I've been well warned about my pronunciation of players' names and I went back to Rangers School of ABC, so I should be, I'll be trying harder tonight to to get on the right track. But on a, on a serious note, um, yeah, it was a decent game in full, um, Tuesday and a right good um, qualifying affair. And really looking forward to the away leg now and quietly confident. As you should be. I think uh, if, if history tells us anything, especially last year, that we'll certainly know out of this tie heading to Eindhoven. We'll start as we usually do after a kind of match in, in Europe or a match in the league, um, as we'll talk with the t- about the team sheet to start. Um, the main one I said uh, to my dad when I, I seen it pop up on my phone was, Abdel, I see my scoring. And I went, I'll, I'll rephrase because I, I use some language, uh, what the heck um, is he doing in the team? I was uh, surprised by his performance. Do you see that's about right, Shona? Yeah, I think uh, when everyone saw that team sheet and they saw Seema uh, starting, they were a wee bit kind of dubious as to what this guy's actually going to bring. But look, fair play to the boy. Um, like I said, uh, um, to the guys earlier on, the guy's now got more, nearly more goals than what Kent scored last year. So, like, he might not give us exactly what Kent brings to the team, and I get that. Um, he's probably more suited to the right side of, of the of the pitch, but uh, this time there was on it was on the left hand side when he came out with that belt of a goal. So, look, I think he managed to get a wee bit of confidence after that. I saw a couple of nice runs from him, but I just think there was just when he went forward, there was obviously a couple of slack passes, and there was obviously no one really, really there to play it. To. So I did feel sorry for him at times, but look, the boy, um, it's came in, and so far, like as I said, like he scored those two goals now. So, um, more to come from Seema hopefully. So I'm sure we've got plenty more to talk about the rest of the team, but. Uh, I thought he had an okay game, um, and obviously um, the super sub came on up for him. So uh, look, Sima and Matondo definitely worked for us in the game um, on Tuesday night. So um, no, look, I think there's more to come from Sima. I expect him to start next week as well. I think pretty much Bill will go with the same team, and Matondo will come and terrorise them off the bench again. So yeah, uh, Sima played well. I'll leave the kind of Matondo mania comments for later. Um, we'll continue with the team sheet, Chris. Uh, Ryan Jack comes in into the kind of 
defensive kind of midfielder role again. It was kind of we talked about in the group chat of in our teams and who we were going to play. I think a couple were leaning to playing Lindstrom, especially if he was going to drop into maybe a back three. Would you say Ryan Jack kind of held his own in that position? I personally thought he had a pretty decent game. I mean, I'm I'm going to be to the contrary. I thought Ryan Jack was a wee bit off pace, to be honest. I thought he was a wee bit behind him. When we, we were talking during the day about the team and I put Jack in my team, but I don't know. I just I just felt Jack was a wee bit off it and wasn't at that level. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to write him off straight away, but when Lundstrom came on, I thought he was a lot better. I thought we looked a lot better as well and the shape of us. And I'm not, it's not necessarily just down to Jack, but our two full-backs were getting two-on-one the whole night. Do you know what I mean? And that's where you'd be looking at Jack to cover. During the 55 season, him and Arfield done that job brilliantly especially in Europe, but it was just I felt Tav get really exposed because of it, and a lot of people were getting on at Tav for having a poor game, but I, especially in the first half, it's right in front of me, you were sitting in the government, and I felt that Tav was two on one the whole night, and Tav couldn't commit himself because he was obviously had somebody overrunning him the whole time. I just didn't think Jack had that great a game, but I'm not writing them off because if I've done that in the past, then Jack will go and have a blinder, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we were talking just as you said there, it was something I've been quite vocal about, um, maybe on and off the pod is that Barnett and Tav have been left wide open with the wingers and their advancing fullbacks. It was Lang and Desh down Tav's side, and then Barnett has Bakayoko and Teza down his side. It was a rough night for our fullbacks. I think, from my point of view, I think it we struggled. Uh, I think I don't want to say Bill maybe got it wrong, but in my opinion, and again, it's only my opinion because. Nine times out of ten, my opinion is not worth not worth the paper it's sometimes written on. Is that I think Bill chucked Sifuentes just on to play man marking with Joey Veerman, and I think because of the way that Veerman played, I know we don't like him. I certainly don't have a strong opinion of him, but he kind of made it a tough night in terms of tracking the men in the midfield, and that kind of falls back in the domino effect, then making that a tough night for Tav and Borna. That being said, um. You know, we we weathered the storm after, I think we opened, we came out of the traps, we, we, we tried hard, we, as we kind of pushed early towards the first maybe five, ten minutes, we kind of collapsed back, played defensively. Shona, do you think it was a case of, we've had a wee try, let's see what they're going to bring and then we'll, we'll try and uh, hold them out and then we'll get a second wind? Yeah, I think Bill's tactics from the, that game was to try and go for it to a back five at most times. I think Tavernier was obviously meant to and Mark the guy is it lying on the on the wing, so he was kind of brought in narrow at times. But obviously, when he came in narrow, you obviously then had to watch what else was going down the side of that that right hand side. And I think that was obviously when he came into the Bills tactics. That's what he wanted Sifuentes to do. He wanted obviously to help track back, but also press at the same time. So he was kind of doing two jobs. So I think um, look at times they were kind of caught out. Um, but look, I actually thought the defense was absolutely solid. I took there. We made nine blocks and eight interceptions in the defence and we both created the same amount of shots on target in the game as PSV. So, look, I thought the defence was to go to, like, initial kind of back five and nullify them and their chances because, look, they like to play the ball through the through, through the through the defence um, and down the wings and I thought we managed to nullify that really, really well. Um, I thought Bolson was absolutely outstanding, the amount of blocks that he was making as well. So, Look, look, at the end of the day, PSV were very limited to the shots that they had with the possession that they had. So I think it was about 70% to 30% possession. So, look, um, I think that was just down to Bill's tactics. And then, obviously, in the second half, what he tried to use was to try and get them on the counter-attack, which, obviously, we managed to do really well. Because I just felt at times, there was a lot of times when we managed to get the possession of the ball. But because we had 11 men behind the ball, there was no really a, a front man to aim for at times. So we found it very, very difficult. I felt Cantwell at times as well was getting himself out to the right-hand side of the pitch, but there was not actually real much space right down that right-hand side for nobody round about him to pass to. So, look, um, I think we were very, very deep in the first half and we were managed to obviously uh, nullify their their attack. And in the first, like, 20 minutes to 30 minutes, it didn't look great at times, I'm not going to lie. But as soon as we came into our game, guys, I honestly thought the passing that we were we were doing and the, the defending in the, in the second half was absolutely brilliant. And if it wasn't, honestly... The last 10 minutes, we had them absolutely rattled. We could have had at least another couple of goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. So, look, I, I know that they were actually tiring towards that point and they were bringing on the same kind of subs as us. So, look, credit to Beal again. Like, that's him bringing on subs. Lundstrom and Matondo, I thought Lundstrom was excellent when he came on. 
and obviously we'll go on to speak about Matondo late uh, as well. And if, if it wasn't, we could have had another goal with Danilo. I think Danilo really should have scored that that chance, and that would have maybe have uh, put the game to bed. Uh, so look, at the end of the day, we got a two-two out of it. But um, for me, the defence I thought was absolutely solid throughout the game. And isn't it just so refreshing, guys, that we've actually got a really, really good goalkeeper? I've got to mention Butland. Look, um, he didn't have much to do in the game. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he had much to do. I think he had a couple of shots. And a couple of shots that he did have were right to him. So, um, look, um, I have to admit, I thought the, the interceptions and the blocks that we made within that game really, really frustrated PSV. And it just shows, see, when we go into that second leg, we're right up for that battle now. Right up for it. We've, we've given them a fight. I think we have. They just thought they would come here and it would be a canter, but it's not. It's not been that case. Chris, I thought I had at half-time um, after the, the, the goal we scored was that it felt very similar to the way that, for instance, the Kamara game at the start of the season where PSV had a lot of the ball um, and they were trying to attack in the wings and get the crosses in and, and we were just sticking to our defensive shape and not really giving them the, the chances they really wanted. And you could see based on De Jong's reactions at half-time, that they were frustrated because we were just doing our job, plain and simple. It's, it's a wee bit refreshing that we are doing maybe something that we've picked up from the other Scottish teams in their 10-mind behind-the-ball tactic. That's it, mate. Well, see, if you look at the first goal we scored, I think they said the first half we stood off, we held our ground and we didn't want to commit, right? Because I don't think, I think we were terrified to lose that early goal because, you know, when we lose a goal, our heads go down. You watch the first goal, Raskin's in the box pressing. Now, for the, for, the, for the start of the first half, when their goalkeeper got the ball or the back four got the ball, it was 10 jet blue jerseys with their backs to it running back up the pitch, right? Which is fair enough. It's probably what they've been told to do. But Raskin is in the box pressing, which has kind of led to the guy losing the ball. And um, obviously, Dessler's getting it, which was a, it was a good assist. Um, I think they got it spot on. Now, as Shona says, it's so refreshing to have Butland, but I thought that one right at the start when he dropped it, it was going to go right to the PSV players' but, uh, feet, and I thought we would, I thought he'd sold the jersey straight away, but I think the refreshing thing about having Butland as well is when Butland's clearing the ball, most of the time he can get it right up the park, and it actually puts us in a good position. I know a couple of them went, let, went a bit of a strain, stuff like that, but the majority of his kickouts get us up the park, and where Cantwell comes in, like a lot of people pick up and Cantwell, obviously he's brilliant work for the goal, right? He's silky play. But when we're under pressure, where Cantwell's good at is he can hold the ball up and he gets the fills in our half where we get up the park. Do you know what I mean? Because there were so many times in the first half we were getting penned in and the ball was going to Cantwell and he was doing it, he was holding because I thought he was going to be too lightweight when he signed. But he's, I just don't know how. He just, just Everything's good about the boy, you know. It, the way he holds it up, they were fouling him and it was getting us up the park, do you know what I mean? And it was relieving the pressure as well because there was a couple of times we were getting crammed in and Jack and Tavernier couldn't clean their lines because it was they, they were pressing us. So I think that if that's what the way Beals went for, then it went well. Obviously, we just have the we, we do have the moment sometimes but in the second half where we have a wee bit of a brain fart and we, any game we play, no matter if it's Morton or it's... Um, PSV and Tobin, we'll always have a 10-15 minutes where we just invite them into the game and we're a wee bit all over the place, but no, I thought it was spot on and it's shown I picked up on. I thought the two centre-halves were brilliant, especially Goldson. And Goldson had been getting a bit of stick as well. And maybe people were maybe saying he was rushed back or maybe we've brought him in too early, but I thought Goldson was brilliant and Goldson was showing why that we were so happy to keep him. Coincidentally, Goldson was the only player in the back four that didn't end the match with a yellow card. Um <laughs> They had Tavernier, Suter, Barisic and Cantwell all booked. Um, is that a kind of telltale sign that we were really trying to be feisty and not let them play their game, Shona? No, I actually thought the rest was very poor at times. I think there was a lot of challenges that could have been 50-50 and I think a lot of them didn't even need to be free kicks at times and it was very, very soft yellows. Look, don't get me wrong, my heart was in my mouth as soon as Cantwell made that challenge when he was already on a yellow card and uh, like, it was good for him to go up to the referee and just say to him, look, you're I was just trying to make a block. Well, look, if it was another day, it could have been a red card. So, look, I think he was quite lucky because, honestly, he's absolutely vital now for us. He actually made the press. He made it work. He was making, honestly, he runs off the ball as well. It's not just what he does on the ball. It's what he does off the ball as well. Like He just totally controls that full game for me. He is the guy to go to in the Rangers squad at the moment where everything ticks for him. 
doesn't matter. It's like it's like magic. Do you know what I mean? It's like watching magic on a football pitch. But like um, no, I think uh, the rape was pretty poor that game. I think some of the yellow cards were a wee bit soft, especially the one. I think to be fair, the one that Tav made, I think that was a bit of a stupid one bringing the guy down. I think you know quite well that's probably a bit of a, ye- a yellow card. So I was a wee bit, a wee bit disappointed in Tav because that was quite early on in the game, wasn't it? So look, um, it wasn't ideal, but look, we managed to get through the game, and I thought all all the guys at, 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 in defence, I thought they did really really well. I just think that goal that we conceded, that second goal that came off, it was uh, Dijon's kind of back, kind of back of his neck, kind of back of his head. I think it was just really, really unfortunate. I really do. I think maybe obviously Stuart does get caught underneath the ball. I think he did that in the Serviette game. So look, that's something that definitely that I think that Stuart's got to work on is um is hedging the ball and not trying try and get there before the the, the attacker because that's twice now he's been caught underneath the ball. But look, apart from that, I thought the whole defence was solid. Like you said, I think um, Butland was absolutely brilliant coming out. It's just refreshing to see somebody come out to get those balls and. The, in the middle of the blocks because we did concede a lot of corners so they had opportunities there to take those kind of set pieces from us but no I thought Butland was solid but as far as the yellow cards concerned I thought the referee was was a wee bit harsh in a few of them I think he was quite happy to um, dish out the yellow cards in the game so because um, I think they only got one yellow card and they conceded quite a few um, tackles I think the one Veerman made on was it Cantwell I think that should have definitely been a, a yellow card for me so um, no I think the referee was poor in the game Chris, we talked about the, the second goal that they scored, but we'll talk about the first one. I know we were talking earlier about Tav and Borna kind of being left high and dry. Do you think that's maybe the case for that first one, or do we think it's a wee bit more open and shut on uh, who's at fault? Do you mean for the PSV's first goal, sorry? Yes, yes. I think both both players in the box go to the man, and he dummies it. Mate, I think he's just a really, really well-worked goal. I think both of them are anticipating having to go for the ball. Obviously, both players are going to find themselves in front of it. And I just think it's a hard one, mate. Maybe one of the midfielders could have picked him up. But in hindsight, I just think everybody was anticipating the man that done the dummy, who done it sensationally, let's be honest. It was fantastic. And there was absolutely no chance for the keeper with the goal either. Um, at first, at the time, I was going mental, going actually to be picked up. And that's twice two players going to the one guy. But see, watching the highlights back... Do you think it was a really, really well worked goal? Yeah, I think I kind of, I'd, I'd say the same thing. I think it boils down, it boils down to you know the level of the opposition. Um, I think that's one of the main things I've been thinking after the the fact is that you know we're still we're two each and we're in a tie with a really good team, uh, a team that is so much different from the team we played last year with the new manager coming in. I spoke a lot about Peter Boss in the, the last pod I was on on Thursday there. Um, I think they were a well set up team with some some new additions, especially Serginho Dest, who, as we said, with Noah Lang gave Tav a real real tough night. And I think that was his only second day. I think he trained the day before, and that was his his debut. So, a real kind of eye opener into the level of opposition we're going to be up against again next Tuesday in Eindhoven. We come out the traps, um, kind of fast in the second half as well. We do it which is kind of one of those things you go, why don't we start? Why don't we just keep that kind of mentality? We always seem to get a kick coming out from half time. I don't know if it's that kind of time to get the kind of heads down again that's just kind of talk through what we've been through in that first half. And a lot of things, obviously the match kind of goes really fast and it's a very loud environment. It's hard for the managers to kind of get across any mid-game changes. Is that atmosphere that we, we love at Ibrox, maybe a hindrance to Michael Beale, Shona? Well, I think at times in European games, it must have an effect on these players. It, it, it can't not have an effect on them, but I saw Campbell coming off at half-time and he was trying to cheer the fans up even more. So you can get the best of both worlds, can't you, with the fans? So, But they were definitely getting on some of the players back in the first time. Look, I just really think that was down to Beale's tactics. I think Beale was trying to keep it as a nil-nil as much as possible at half-time. And I just don't think what he wanted to do in transition going into attack really paid off because we either had two or three players around Cantwell and nobody really to pass it to or we didn't have anybody a focal point up front. So I think when it came to the second half, he was able to get the guys a bit more kind of like, look, here, you guys can play further up front. And we can see that on the counter-attack, how good we were when we managed to transition from defence into attack. It was just that final ball up front that we were really lacking in the first half, I thought. So, and it showed for the first goal when obviously Raskin did that press with, for the SEMA chance and, and Dessner's put it on for the for SEMA for the, for the assist. So, look, um, I just felt as if in the first half it was about nullifying their defence, trying to work out PSV, 
look, that must have tired them out. I'm telling you now, they were running their socks off in the first half, that P those PSP players. So look, that must have been a tactic from Dale, because he must have thought, look, here, we can get through 60 minutes here and uh, not concede a goal, like you said, and the, the shoulders go down and the heads go down. Then, look, I thought, look, we, we'll have them. Do you know what I mean? We can actually take them for the, for the game. So, and, and sure enough, I think we were actually probably more unlucky than them in the game. I think the amount of chances that we created were a lot better than theirs. So, look, I think um, Gale can hold, um, hold his head held up high with the subs that he made and the tactics that he made in the second half because we were a much, much better team and we were actually better than them in the second half, in my opinion. So, um, look, all we can do is take that now on for when we go there on Wednesday. I expect exactly the same tactics from Gale. I think what Gale's trying to do is he's trying to play this kind of, how do you explain it, like the kind of crab movement in them between midfield and defence where you all go over to the, the right-hand side of the pitch and you leave the left-hand side open because obviously it does it does take a really, really good ball to be able to get out to that left, the left-hand side. So look, we do look open there, but then it's all about how we can shift back to that kind of positional play and defence and making sure that we're obviously marking the guys if the switch of play does happen. So look, I thought within the game, I thought Bill got it absolutely spot on, to be honest. So it depends on obviously other people's opinions. I think a lot of people thought there was far too much space on the left and the right-hand side, but I could actually see what Bill was trying to do. Because um, more or less we were playing my back five most of the time, so um, but no, I think um, in the second half it was a lot, lot better. Chris, coming to you in this one, um, there's so many ways I could love this um, and try and give out in a, a nice long sentence that leaves you with with a, an answer at the end of it. But I'll simplify it down. Matondo, give him a chance. What's your thoughts on the man after his goal? Right, first things first, he took the goal superbly. But I, I've said it a million times since Tuesday, Dessers had to put that on a plate for him. If Matondo had to take a touch, he wasn't scoring. I'm sorry, but we've seen in pre-season, they won at Hamburg when he was freeing the box and he tried to take a touch and the ball ended up behind him and stuff like that. So I'm not going to take it away from him. He took the, they took the goal superbly. If he scores that goal at the end... Mate, if he scored that volley at the end, which he was very, very unlucky with, and it just shows you his confidence was growing, he attempted it, then he's martyr, he's martyr status. Do you know what I mean? Because it would have been a, what, what a way to get your Rangers career back on track. Maybe, maybe that the kind of cameos is where Matonda would be suited for. I wouldn't maybe get carried away just yet saying he deserves a, a, a place in the starting lineup. Bearing in mind that we signed him last year and he's only scored one goal. I know he missed a bit of the season, but. It has been in and out of the team a few times, especially when he was getting a run in at the end of the season. Um, but the goal was perfect. He was in the right place. He timed his way. Everybody talks about Dessel's timing his run well, which he did, by the way. Dessel timed it fantastically. But Matonda had to as well. And um, I'm sure Sean has got a start about how much uh, space he made up as well, which is very impressive. But um, it'll do them the world of good, mate. He's got his team behind him. As I was saying before, the Raskin was pointing at him towards the governor. You could tell Raskin was buzzing for him as well. The players see something in him. Do you know what I mean? Um, and do you know what? You've had a wee bit of a hard time because you've stood up for him and we've all slaughtered him. And I was saying I don't think he'll ever score for Rangers. I'm glad I'm wrong about that. But I think he's got a long way to go before he proves everybody wrong yet. But he's going to be on a high. He scored a great goal. He got eyebrows rocking. Keep it up. Do you know what I mean? Play him on Saturday. If he's if he's not sure about his starting eleven for next Wednesday, play him on Saturday. If, if he's not can he do it against Ross County, then your questions are answered there and then. But I was happy for him, mate, but I'm not gonna um <laughs> I'm not gonna shall I say say all is forgiven and say he's the man just yet. Still got a way to go. Unfortunately for the people that are maybe in the same kind of boat as, as Chris, where they're not, they're not as a, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm well in, I've been well on, I think I was the first on the Matondo hype train, I was sitting right at the front, Um, so unfortunately for maybe the people who are still waiting in line to buy their ticket, I'm going to continue on and ask Shona what she thought of Matondo's contribution. Um, If you have an issue with my Matondo propaganda, don't worry, I'm sure Colin will be back on at the weekend. And you won't have to deal with me as the host. Showing up, uh, Chris was saying about your start for Matondo. I'm, I'm just hey. loving this Matondo hype. 
Uh, so to be fair, I've actually been a bit of a Matondo fan. I think it was unfair on him last year. He was playing out in the right hand side and he's not a right winger. Keep saying this, you need to play players that are left on the left hand side. Like I do agree with Chris. I think he has to do that first time because I think if he takes an extra touch or something that um, I think he might get ballooned over the bar. But no, um, a wee stat is that when uh, Campbell got the ball in the in the middle of the park, Matondo managed to make up fifteen yards on the PSV centre back. Um, um he was absolutely rapid. Uh, like that uh, Teddy Bear said, he's run the Matondo train. Well, he was actually like a train, uh, the way he made up those 15 yards on that centre-back for PSV to get that goal. So, look, credit to the boy. He came in and it probably, like as I said, I think he's probably had an impact player. But when he came in, he said to the, the fans, I need to prove myself and I need to fight for my place. At the moment, he's shown that in the moment. So, look, um, I do believe that he's probably still got a wee bit to go. But he's on the right track. I think um, at the end of the day, I don't think he'll start again um, midweek. I think um, they'll pretty much go with the, the same um, team in midweek. I think it might be a toss-up between Lundstrom and Jack, to be honest. That's the only position that I can see about being a bit of a toss-up for. But I think um, Matondo will be an impact sub. Um, and look, at the end of the day, I think, um, Andrew, you're quite right in what you're saying about Matondo. This guy's got 11 caps for Wales. This guy cannot be a bad player. If you've played international level and you've got 11 caps for Wales, you must be a decent player. Um, so look, I think there's more to come from Tondo. I think what the fans are seeing now is exactly what me and you have been asking for, Andrew. So, and we knew that he could bring to to Rangers. So, um, the boy is absolutely rapid, and I think his pace is absolutely fine. But it's now his t- chance now to to take that place because look, I think there could be a Tom Lawrence coming back soon. I think we saw him have a wee glimpse at the B team in, in midweek. So, look, his uh, position's up for grabs. So it's up to him now if he wants to keep that position. He now knows what he needs to do. So. But so far, so good from Matondo. I'm, uh, I thought that goal was just, honestly, there was just something about that goal. I don't know about you guys, but I've watched it about 100 times on repeat. And see if that was Barcelona, people would be talking about it for days on Talk Sport and every other media outlet. So, look, credit to Dessers, credit to Campbell, and credit to Matondo. It was absolutely magnificent. What a goal it was. One of the main things you said there, Chris, was Rito Raskin's um, reaction with Matondo for his celebration. The more I was thinking about it, you think of I think back to the 55 season, you had a really close that kind of group of guys. We're all friends, you know, your Bashies, your Kamaras, your Rebos, we're all pals throughout the squad. You know, we've got that with Raskin and Cantwell. They seem like they've been best buds all their life. Um, but I, I, the more I thought about it, I mean, Matondo played in Belgium last year, so Raskin kind of knows him from there. He was at Stoke City and Butland after the game was praising him in the press. So it obviously we're annoying from Stoke. It's a real kind of it's getting that closeness between the, the in the camp again, you know. I think bringing back Balogun's probably helping with the kind of back line as he was there before. Obviously, he you know his Dessers through Nigeria. Um, I think we've got a real kind of a close group of players again, which is obviously important after last season with a lot of kind of chat about kind of people getting phased out. Kent and Morelos, they're not in it for the they're not in it for the hype anymore. That they're, they're just you have to you know see out the contract Chris would you kind of say that we're, we're have that closeness again that kind of fight for each other absolutely mate and just just, just quickly when you were saying about um, <laughs> about the players the players with Matondo bigging them up and I get the vibes of the ugly pal where I would, all, the, all the boys say to the lasses oh he's brand new he's dead funny and all that just give him a chance that's what I felt it was like but no um, talking about the closeness the one where Jack has the, the incident in the first half with the boy and it kind of got the crowd going the players were right up Jack's back and they were right backing them up and that's what I love to see. Do you know what I mean? I'm under no illusions. Rangers aren't going to play great football all the time. I don't I don't go to Ibrox expecting to see Peps Barcelona. But what I want to see from a Rangers team is fight. I mean they're fighting for each other. That's where they're backing each other up. That's where that's what you think you get you get the feeling that we're going to be okay. Do you know what I mean? Anytime we've won the league, in my lifetime anyway, we've also had a team that was close together. And I think the I think that we're starting to see that now. We're starting to see as well, there's more leaders on the pitch. Butland, sometimes I just watch him and he gives it back for hell in a good way. But Goldson was very vocal and a lot of people pick on Tab not being vocal, but there's plenty of people in that team. And that's maybe where Jack comes in, where Jack's got that wee bit of the blood in him, do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, the, the, the incident with Jack where they kind of, I, I don't even know what it was, but it was in the, it was in the Rangers box and... Jack and one of the players were having a wee bit of beef and that. The whole team are behind them and that's what I love to see. Do you know what I mean? I love to see a Rangers team with fight in it. With fight and spirit, we'll do all right. Do you know what I mean? Shona, as you said earlier, you thought we could have maybe 
nicked it at the end. I know Chris, we were talking about the the the, the close folly. I mean, I, I was I'm a wee bit further up the park, and I thought I was in for a moment there. Shona, do you think we could have a? Uh, do you think that we were really close? Do you think we could have if the game was maybe you know they say if the game was five minutes longer, we could have maybe nicked another goal. Uh, well, it was when Dessers came off for Danilo, wasn't it? And the Danilo kind of made that chance. So, look, with, with, with Dessers have scored that goal, I'm not too sure. But I think it was like literally two chances that uh, Danilo had, and there was only about four or five yards out. He should really be scoring that chance if you think about it. So, look, it was disappointing. I think Tav as well with the the one of the one of the uh, opportunities that we had was Tav, and I think maybe at that point maybe should have headed it. I think obviously went for kind of volley and it just didn't kind of work, uh, pull off. So, no, look at the end of the day, we were creating loads and loads of chances. We were very, very lucky. I think there was um, more than more than just those two that we could talk about. So, but no, for me, um, I thought Danilo should have really scored that and bodied that chance. That would have been, that would have probably made, make it three two. Well, it would have made it three two. And then going into next week's game, they would have had that extra goal lead, which I think we actually deserved going into the last 10, 15 minutes. I thought. They were dead on their feet, and I didn't think they created a lot in the last 15 minutes. I think it was us that was on the front of attack. So, look, um, I think uh, Danilo and uh, Des um, and Matondo made a difference when he came on. But look, Danilo's finishing for me. I'm not too sure about that. that's now a few sitters he's missed. So he really needs to work on that, and that's why I think he's been going with Dessers. I think all the fans have been crying out for Danilo. But I think with Dessers and the and the assists that he's got so far, I think that's two goals and four assists. So I think now, um, I think that's what Bill's looking for, just a bit more physical and something that's maybe a wee bit better of a finisher. I think maybe Dessers is a bit more clinical. I thought it would be Danilo, to be honest with you, but that's now that's about three or four chance, three or four sitters that Danilo's missed. And you know yourself, see at that level, we cannot be missing sitters at that level because it's we get few and far chances of far in between. So uh, few in between. So like uh, like I said, I think Danilo really should be burying that chance at the end. I don't know what the guys in the comments think, but uh, I was a wee bit disappointed when he came on. So with that, the the game came to an end. Uh, two each, similar to last year, um, the, the Dutch Deja Vu as it's titled. Chris, do you see Michael going for that same kind of team with the same kind of style of that we approached on Tuesday, or do you think we're going to see anything different? No, with the exact same team. I think maybe Lundstrom will come in for Jack. Just on what which we Shona was saying um, about the sitter. We're kind of taking it away as well. Lammers should have scored the chance that created the the setter. Do I mean Lammers was through and goal, and um, he should have buried that. Do you know what I mean? And that's where I think to ourselves he was getting off a wee bit because it was even more of a setter with the second one. But um, and also as well, see see the one just after half time, the one where Tav should have maybe put his head through it. If he's the way they were rattled at half time, we'll carry on at half time. If we scored just after half time, would have put that tie would have been to bed. They would have collapsed. But I think next week it'll be more of the same. They're going to come at it from the start. And I think he's going to try and hold on. And that's a dangerous game, especially with a team with the quality that PSV have. But like last year, the first half, we still, they missed quite a lot of chances. And we held on in the second half. We were brilliant. I think he'll probably go for similar to that. Um, I think similar will play because he wanted to hit them for pace. And especially... Like you've seen the chance in the first half where they, where they took the, t- the bad touch and they went away, but his pace got him up the park. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what we'll be aiming for in the first half. Then the second half, I think we'll come in and try and play a bit of game of football as long as we're no one or two nil down by then. But I think it'll be tight. I think the big goal from me will be if Lundstrom or Jack, because as I said earlier, I wasn't too overly impressed with Jack and I thought he was maybe a wee bit off it, but obviously it's up to him to make the call. But that will be the only change for me. I'd say very similar. Yeah, I think it will be a very, very interesting a second leg, similar to last year. I think it's going to take another performance like that, with even a little bit more. Um, I just need to take your chances when it comes to us. One of the things that I would say that we maybe have a hope with is same as last uh, the leg there and last year was Romelu, the centre half, seemed to have a very, very shaky night. He was obviously at fault for the goal in Nijmegen last year. Yeah, he got away with one or two on Tuesday. Shona, do you think that maybe he's seen that the flashbacks of of his time last year? Uh, unfortunately, he's got Malik and his team this side. But do you think maybe Adessa's up front will maybe give him a tough time next week? Yeah, I think that's what Bill's got to go for. I think um, he must be having nightmares about Matondo at the moment. I think uh, 
he'll be going and he won't be able to get to sleep at night. And to be honest with you, I don't think he'll be able to get to sleep when he um, next 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 Tuesday night if he knows that Matondo is going to come on around about the sixtieth minute because he gave him an absolute torrid time and he looked really really shaky. And then all of a sudden he was going down in the box and he was cl- claiming that he had cramp and, and all sorts trying to waste time. But I actually think his defending was really really poor. So. I think if um, Bill next week, I think that's what he should be doing. I think he should be looking at that centre-back and looking to see getting Dessers on him constantly the whole game. And I think that's where the goal came from, wasn't it, as well? In the, the first goal that we scored, it was him that made the mistake when it was at Raskin that pressed the ball. Um, so for the SEMA goal, so look, I think um, we need to get uh, or anything, I think we need to get Dessers on to him the whole night. Well, if he plays 90 minutes, but definitely throughout the game, give him nightmares. And look, there's definitely a mistake in their defence. I don't care what anybody says. Their defence is not as good as what people make out. Their, their, their midfield and their front three are pretty good. But their defence, for me, I didn't think they were that great, to be honest, within the game. So, like, if we can get at them, then I think there those mistakes are there to be made. And, uh, like, I can see, I, honestly, I'm really, really confident about next Wednesday. I really am. I think they'll go guns out for uh, 60 minutes and then they'll be on their arse for the next 30 minutes. So, I think that'll be an opportunity that, it, that we'll take is... Hopefully we'll go in nil nil at half time. I think they'll set up exactly the same way, try and nullify them, make them play all those passes. But I think when he gets to sixty minutes and he brings on those subs, I think the Toronto's gonna to give that guy and they're gonna give their centre backs an absolute torrid time with his pace. I really do. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Chris, I know we're looking forward to that second leg. Someone was maybe looking forward to it more than others. I think I'm still in that kind of, let's just get the weekend out of the way first and see what happens. Um, as you said, at the weekend, we travel to Dingwall um, for a, a Ross County team that are sitting with a win in one win in two games so far, not too bad when you give you look at the other, the fact that the other team they played was Celtic. Um, Malky Mackay seems to always kind of know what he wants from his teams, uh, especially when he, he he sets them up against us and them. Um, like I remember seeing that that county game against them. I don't think it was really a four two game. I think they maybe just get caught trying to look for maybe a, a a way back into the game late and get caught in the counter. Again, similar to where we were. Heading into this one with the Morton Cup game, is it important? Well, I think we all know it is important, but is it maybe double important if you're rotating the squad to keep players uh, fit for PSG in the second game, given the fact that they've got a week off and we don't, that we don't overlook uh, County with the kind of team selection and we don't go maybe look past them too far and, and maybe take the foot off the gas a little? Yeah, mate. Well, after the first game of the season, we're already three points behind. So we're not in any position whatsoever where we can take a game for granted anymore. Do you know what I mean? I know it's so early doors, but we can't go any further behind at the moment. We need to be able to at least go into the first derby where we can catch them level on points. Um, so we, we can't piss about with the team selection. I'd maybe drop Safientes. I think he's done really well since he came in. And I just think because obviously he's played the Morton game and he's pr- probably more or less played every game since he's been here, I, I would give him a rest. I'd bring him on if, if we need him, but I think with, with the team we've got, we should be able to take care of Ross County without him in the team. I'd play Dessers, I, I'd play Dessers and the Brazilian. Sorry, I forgot how to say something now. I'm paranoid. <laughs> um, I'd play, um, I'd play both of them because you need a striker scoring for confidence. Do you know what I mean? And um, I would, uh, 
I'd maybe bring Lammers into the team as well. Back back four picks itself just now. Tav, Golton, Suter, Barisic. So that's a, that's a given. And um, Raskin and Campbell play as well. I think Raskin's at a young age where he's um, he just wants to play every minute of every game. Do you know what I mean? I think if we can get the game to bed now, seeing Rangers getting the game to bed is a bit over, overall optimistic, should I say. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't think I've ever seen us put a game to bed for a long time until the last 10 minutes. But um, if, I think then if we could get, maybe get in a position where we're two, maybe three now up, if only, then we can look at taking Raskin off and stuff like that. But Campbell, for me, he, he's just shown every single game why he should play every game. And I know he's not doing this because of that, but he's making a mockery and Bill not playing him in that first game of the season. Do you know what I mean? And what, what we all love about Campbell is he, he, is his skillfulness and that, but I love his cockiness as well. Do you know what I mean? He knows he's a good player. He knows he, he can do it. Do you know what I mean? And he just, he ruffles up feathers and it's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? You, you've seen it in the media. You've seen it in, you've seen social media. They hate him. Do you know what I mean? They hate him. Every team hates him. Do you know what I mean? And not only, it's all right having a wee bit of swagger about you, but you need to be good. He's good as well. Do you know what I mean? He definitely play him. Because I would just if he enters is the one for me, it would drop out. I'd maybe bring Lammers in as well. And um I go for it. As I said, get no the most important thing is about three points and no injuries and up the road. Sean, I'll uh, I'll come to you with a little bit of fear um with uh, talking about Todd Cartwell because I know how much you love him. Um I just don't want us to maybe go too far where we end up not being able to post uh, live to certain platforms um, for the content in, in the in the podcast. Can you sum up how he is as a player and only as a player for Rangers? Look, the boy uh, just absolutely gets it. And you know what? Every single fan that's out there, all they want is from a Rangers player is to give 100%. That's all they want. Do you know what I mean? And somebody that's committed to the club that gets it as if it's, it's, in his, it's already in his blood, you know, that way. And honestly, it just oozes class. He's got a bit of a swagger about him. Like he said, like Chris says, he likes to wind up the fans. He came out the other day in his presser and he just basically said how much he's fallen in love with this club. And do you know what? I take every single word for granted that he's saying because, look, he's never been able to make it down in the English Premier League. He's never played in a Champions League game. He's never played in a, this kind of crowd. He's never had this much attention in his life and he's absolutely milking it, but he's loving it at the same time and we absolutely love it too. So I'm just waiting to get my cardboard cut out of uh, Campwell and uh, have it in my bedroom at one point. So, look, uh, no, I'm absolutely in love with this boy. I think he just absolutely gets it. Um, and like uh, Paul, Paul McGarrell said, he can talk the talk and he can walk the walk in every single game. And for me at the moment, he is definitely the best player in Scotland at this moment in time, without a shadow of a doubt. The only thing that worries me is that he loves it so much here that I don't think that we can knock back the offer and I don't think he would want to leave, but I don't think we could refuse the money if we were to get anywhere near like 25, 30 million pounds for him. That's the only thing, but uh, I'm going to disagree on Chris. I think there'll be a number of changes at the weekend. And can I just add one? I was just going to say, can I just add one thing about Campwell is see these players that come from England and they do all right and they get a wee bit ahead of themselves. Campbell's shown nothing but respect to Rangers. Campbell's not here to say, I'm here to get a better move or this is a stepping stone. Campbell's here, fell in love with the club and committing himself to the club. Now, I'm not under any illusions he's going to be here for the rest of his career. Keeps it up when he's off. But Campbell, the way Campbell's acting as well, just to add that that's why we love him so much because he's shown us the respect that we're showing him. Do you know what I mean? This isn't like, you know, it's like how many players Alfie was always wanting to leave Kent. You knew Kent thinking he was going better places and stuff like that. Now, Campbell might not be to their levels on their day yet, but Campbell's not Campbell's here because Campbell's here because he wants to be here. Do you know what I mean? And he shows it every single game. And sorry, I just get sidetracked there, but I just get so passionate thinking about that because we want somebody that matches our love. We need that. And he's doing it. I think you make a really I think you make a really good point. I think as well, like you've got to look at the transfer window. We managed to bring in Raskin, Campwell, and Sifuentes for two million pounds. And we're just about to sell Kamara for five point five million pounds. That's a brilliant piece of business an absolute phenomenal bit of business we cannot fault the board for that because honestly that is just outstanding the amount of money we're going to make back on these three guys like Raskin's already getting linked with the Premier League there's Newcastle and Chelsea already looking at him amongst other clubs in Europe already 
and he's only played what is it three games in the in the, in, in obviously the, the Champions League qualifier. So look, we're gonna it's gonna be tough for us to keep a hold of these players. Look, we know what what we are now. We're a selling club, but look, as I like Chris said, I think Cantwell just absolutely gets it here. He definitely doesn't want to leave. He's not looking for a move at this moment in time. Obviously, money talks when it comes to Rangers with us. I think transfer money talks. So, um, but like I said, see for uh, the weekend game. I think honestly, I think this is a uh, Saturday. I think this is the biggest day the week after. I think that's the biggest week of Michael Beale's football managing career because we've got um, PSV midweek and then we've got the old firm on Sunday. Now, just for instance, if that PSV game, he's got to look at that and think to himself, look, this could go into extra time with penalties. Could those players play? And I'm not saying this. I get what Chris is saying, that if we go 2-3-0 up, that's great. We can bring on the subs. But what happens if we don't? Because we know how good Ross County are at defending at times. And we've gone up there. And it is a tough game up in Dingwall. I'm not, not going to lie. It's a tough game. I expect quite a few changes at the weekend. And I expect Golson not to play. I think Balligan will come in. I even think Ben Davis might even get a, a turn as well. And I think the likes of your Dammers and Lammers and Danilo will definitely start it's too. Um, but I think there will be a number of changes because I think next week is the biggest week of Michael Field's managerial career so far. If we can get through into the Champions League and then win against them on the Sunday, what a week this is going to be, honestly, guys. Don't know about you, but I am so bloody excited. And honestly, I don't even think I'll make work the next week after that, if it's that case. Yeah, I'll, I'll continue on with that, Catherine. Uh, Chris, you know, Shona says it might be the biggest weekend Michael Beer's Rangers manager career in public, his, his career so far. Um, I don't think you can really understate how important it is. And maybe a small sidetrack to the fact that you look at PSV and they've taken the week off. You know, they, they, they're not playing this weekend and they're resting and... The, the manager Peter Boss said, you know, this this is great, essentially. They're, they're playing and we're not. It's as if we've just been stitched up massively. They've done, done all that shit last year and look how it went from. Yeah, I, I, obviously that, that it's a, it can be a really big laughing moment once if the tie goes against them, but would you say as a whole, maybe we are being left a little bit high and dry from the kind of league. I know that's no surprises given the club we are and who runs the, the football leagues in this country, but is it something that maybe down the line that they needs to change? I mean, most other leagues in Europe are all for the helping their teams progress by giving them time off after the qualifiers and for giving them time off for their, their league campaign. Do you think it is something that can be worked eventually for the Scottish clubs, given there's so many in qualifiers at the moment? Um, not, not really, mate. It's just the start of the season. I, I think I don't think we should have an issue with playing two games a week. Do you know what I mean? The game was on Tuesday, there, the game's on Saturday, then the game's on Wednesday. I think that's plenty of time. Um, if we start cancelling games or postponing games just to get by the qualifiers, where does it stop? The last group stage game, the last 16. Do you know what I mean? If you see you got on a run like Seville, do you know what I mean? you're going to run out of weekends to play fixtures. Do you know what I mean? Especially if especially if we go on a run in the cup as well now obviously with the cup holders out we've got no excuses not to win the cup this year do you know what I mean so I fully expect us to be at Hamden in March or yeah March or February sorry do you know what I mean I think we just need to get on with it the, the whole thing about buy, buying a buying a better squad is I think our squad's much better in depth this year than it was last year I'm thinking that we went into the qualifiers and Sands had to play centre-back now he had a good game in Eindhoven but Sands wasn't a centre-back do you know what I mean this year we've got Golds and Suter, Davies and Balligan, do you know what I mean? So, God forbid, if anything was to happen on Saturday, if one of them was to pick up an injury, we've got two people straight away to go back in there. We've now got the place where we've got two strikers. Well, I know Ruth's not in the, the European squad, but there's two strikers in the midfield. You've got players like Dill and stuff like that, who Dill, I thought it's been good since he's came in. Albeit he's a wee bit unlucky, but it's just the way it is. Then he can step in as well, so... I, I don't have any issues about that. I think, obviously, the issues would have been when 2008, when we were absolutely shafted. Do you know what I mean? When we were playing three games in a week and it was like playing in the Monday, playing in the Thursday and then playing in the Saturday. Do you know what I mean? I think it'd be stuff like that it needs to be looked into. But at this stage of the time, I think the players want to go into it as well. Do you know what I mean? Can you speak to players and they love it, that means especially two games a week. Keeps you going as well. And, you know, for yourself, if you don't play well on the Wednesday, you might not be playing on the Saturday and vice versa. Yeah, I'll stick on you because then I'll go back to Shona with it. The old firm game, 
I think, as we all know, the importance of it with our, our slip-up at Kilmarnock, which was quickly uh, evened up by Celtic slip-up in the Cup. It still means so much, especially given that, that we have a real chance to move past that Kelly slip-up and be even in points again. I think, as of right now, we have a superb chance, given the fact that they are maybe suffering what we were having last year with our real injury crisis, especially in the defence. I think, given where both teams are, it feels like it's a complete clean slate for both clubs with two relatively new managers coming in. Obviously, both have experience in the past, deal with Gerard and Brendan Rodgers the first time round. Is this going to be a real big match, like a real title fight we're going to have this year? Um, or given where we both are, or do we think this could be a, I don't want to say a walkover because it's never usually as easy to predict in a whole firm? The, the pressure's on us for a big thing. Um, I think, obviously, we're dropping points against Kilmarnock. If we lose that, we're, if we lose that, we're six points behind. Now, as you've seen last year, six points behind, we just couldn't get near it. Do you know what I mean? Because once Beal came in, we were only dropping points uh, up until obviously we drew, uh, we could beat off Aberdeen and we, we still was, found ourselves that that many points behind Celtic. Whereas if they if they get beat, it's not the end of the world. We're even in points and it's like that we go again, that same guy Ibrooks out the way. The pressure is really on Beal and Sean made a fantastic point about it being such a big week. If Beal goes out the Champions League, gets knocked out the Champions League and gets knocked out uh, gets beat off Celtic and finds himself six points behind and we've just hit September. The pressure is mounting big time on him because he can't use the excuse the board haven't backed him because the board have backed him fantastically. Uh, more or less, I don't think we've been linked to a player that we've chased that we didn't get. Do you know what I mean? We've we got Sifientes early. We've obviously got the strikers as well. So uh, I think the pressure's on us a lot more than it is Celtic. Um, the way I see it, when you look at games, is when we look at the league fixtures, is we if we want to win the title. We need to win the two old firm games at Ibrooks. I'm not delusional. We're not going to win all four old firm games. It's happened once in my lifetime. We've won the four old firm games in the league, and that was our nine in a row team. And like the stars we had then, Parkhead's going to be somewhere we'll always drop points. Look at 55. We were miles better than Celtic. We still drew one at Parkhead. So it's vitally important we win that game. I don't, I'm not going to say Bill should get sacked if we don't. I'm not under that, but he finds himself a mountain to climb if we don't win that and we don't get back on even points because we are five points behind him. He, after all, it's not the end of the world, but it's not great. But if we if we end up six points behind Celtic, should I say sorry, then it's not going to end well. Sure, staying on that kind of point, you know, as you said, this, this week is massive. But it could be the real makings of something brilliant. You know what? This is probably one of the, the biggest weeks we've had. I'm trying to think in my lifetime what kind of going one to the other. I know there was a lot of a lot of talk when we went to Ufa away in a qualifier and came back for the old firm. But this one, given the, the level of the opposition, not obviously that was travel to Russia and back, but for the level of opposition and then going into the, the power of the king of an old firm, it could just be the start of something brilliant because there's probably not a better chance for this team to really come out of their shell and show what they really can do. Yeah, I think the old firm game is the biggest game of the, of the league of the season so far. I think this is going to be the making of Beal. If he can win this game and he can win the game in midweek, I think we could go into something special this season. I really do. Like, if we cannot win against them next Sunday, then we've got no chance because we've now strengthened in our team. Do you know what I mean? We've managed the board of back Beal, like Chris said. We've added quality over quantity and they've got some amount of injuries, especially in defence. And if we cannot beat their defence, the players that we've got, we've got no chance this season. So, look, if we win that game, I think we're going to go on to win the league without a shadow of a doubt. I don't, I, I, I've got no doubt in that, but we can't go six points behind them. Absolutely not. Like Chris says, I think that, that means then the pressure is right on deal. You'll have the fans having a right go now. All I can say is, I think, see if it turns the other way. I think it's going to be exactly the same in their case. I think they're going to turn against Brendan Rodgers. I think it's going to be brilliant to see. I can't wait for that phone-in when it comes. Um, there's going to be another meltdown. I think that'll be two meltdowns in two weeks. So, look, I'm looking forward to that. So, no, honestly, I think this old firm game is the biggest game of our season so far. If we win that, I think we definitely go on to win that league. And also, as well, it sets us, sets us up really nicely. 
Um, if Chris said that we were to go six points behind, can you imagine going into like the Champions League? We qualify for the Champions League and we're playing catch up, and then we're having to go into the Champions League and play against these big teams. Like, I don't, I don't like that at all. I think we need to build up on the momentum. I think we need to start, obviously, win against Ross County, win against PSV, get that over that game over in the old firm. And this is what I said. This honestly is the biggest week of our season, and we're only honestly we're only like the first month in. But that's what I do believe because. I do believe that if we win that old firm game, the momentum will carry on and everything else will fall into place because there's absolutely no doubt. When I watched them the other day against Kilmarnock, they were crap. Honestly, they were absolute shit. So look, we have to we have to win against them. I think that's the making of you, and I think it's the making of these players. Um, you know yourself. I think a lot of these players haven't played in an old firm game before, and if they get off to that good start and they win that first old firm game. That could be massive for their confidence, absolutely massive. So, look, fingers crossed. This is the biggest week of like I can remember in a long, long time. To be honest, when we've gone from into a Champions League qualifier right into an old firm game. So, um, like Chris says, we cannot go six points behind. It's absolutely massive. We have to win that. And to be honest with you, I'd rather win that old firm game than win the PSV game midweek. That's the way I'm looking at it. That is so big that game. Chris, we. We obviously know if we beat PSV, then we go into the group stage of the Champions League. A lot was kind of made in the past about getting that Champions League group stage money and then going to buy another player. I think the, the, our, our arch nemesis for PSV, Joey Bierman, was one of those players where it was a case of if we qualify, the funds are there and we'll go and splash the cash and bring in somebody else. Do you think there is even a scope to bring in another player? Or do you think we're kind of sorted for where we are? Depends who goes, mate. Depends who goes. Um, if we're expecting this, the Kamara saga finally to come to an end, we've got seven days. So it'll be seven days of he's going, he's not going, he's going, he's not going. Um, I think we had you been left out of the squad that we might see him going if we get a half-decent offer. I know there was a Turkish team that was sniffing about him. So it just depends as well. And if Davies does go or not, I know he get put back in the squad, but after if obviously the squad's just up until next Wednesday and they've still got another day left in the, the transfer window as well. I think if anybody goes, we'll just see a like kind of like for like replacement of them. Um sorry, excuse me. But there's nothing that just now there's nothing really that strikes me out that we need. Obviously with Yomaz coming back, we'll have good cover at right back eh, left back, we've got covered at right back, we've got four centre halves. If Davies stays, if Davies goes, obviously I'd like him to be replaced and I feel like we're comfortable in midfield and up front. Now the McCrory charts went quiet, whereas I think maybe McCrory might be happy to play second fiddle. I don't know. It depends. I think if he goes, then I would, I would be a bit, bit um, anxious that we might have to call upon McLaughlin, but <laughs> just fingers crossed Butland, Butland goes a full season without uh, any injuries. Now let's be under no doubts, they're going to splash cash between now and Next Thursday, I know that for a fact, especially if they're losing centre halves and that. We just need to hope that their signings have been like their other signings so far this season and not not great. They were due after a couple of good seasons of signings, do you know what I mean? Shona, a lot a lot of the press has been focused on Yanis Hadji, obviously with his, his interview after the Morton game. There's been a bit of conflicting kind of comments going about. I think I read somewhere that the Champions League squad was actually... Um, handed to the authorities during that week so his comments after that game weren't really based on on his, his on that game specifically but maybe looking towards maybe not being in that squad it's, it's kind of a lot being thrown in the air that's kind of the way it is in Scottish football with the press do you think that maybe Yanis is look we are looking to properly offload him at personally I know Colin is the same in, in the pod that Yanis had you can be on his game can be a real real game changer with his you know his football ability his mind he, he picks passes you know I I can go on and on and on. Do you think that if the money is right I know it's it's the way we are with a selling club but the money is right that you can sell him but then maybe not replace him with the, the depth we have or giving Dill maybe more if a, a chance of getting into the team or a Lawrence kind of coming in in that position. Do you think we're maybe covered if we were to then sell him on? Yeah, I think that's been the biggest problem for Hadji. I think when you've brought in the likes of uh, Desser, eh, sorry, you've brought in the likes of Lammers, you've brought in the you've brought uh, Tom Lawrence, you've got Seema, you've got Matondo, 
you've got a number of people that can play in the number 10 position. If we had Lammers out uh, injured, we've got Campbell that can obviously play that position as well. You've got Dowell. So, look, do I think these players are better than Hadji? Look, I always think that Hadji's got something to offer. I think he can play an absolute belter of a pass. I think he can put a pass through any sort of team, and I think he's got absolute quality there. And you can obviously hit a few shots as well. I think in the, the season when it was 55, we played really, really well with him and Kane, and he was obviously scoring a lot more goals than Kane. So, look, there's definitely a player in there. Like, we know what Hadji's been through in the last 12 months. I do think there's been a bit of a breakdown in communication between Hadji and Bill because Bill's basically come out and said that Hadji's not 100% fit. And he's not, obviously, look, I don't know what he's showing in training, but Hadji's coming out and saying the opposite to Bill. Bill he's basically saying to Bill, I'm fit, I'm 100%, I'm ready to go. Then why is he not playing? Why is he not getting a first team start in the morning game? That's the biggest issue for me. So look, at the end of the day, I think we can get money for Hadji. I think he's got to look at himself now in the pecking order, Hadji, and say to himself realistically, where is he going to fit into this team and when is he going to get a starting place? Because if he's not going to get into the European squad, then, and I don't think that's kind of suits Hadji, I think Hadji says to himself that's where he wants to be. So I think that if we get money for Hadji and Kamara, I do think that we'll be looking for another player. But I think it's going to be somebody that can play on the left and the right wing. I think it's going to be somebody that's versatile as well. I do think we we'll bring somebody a bit more in there because I don't think the likes of Lawrence and Dowell have that pace and I think what we'll need is we'll need guys with pace and the only people that are going to offer that to us is Simon Matondo and if one of them gets injured and we need it for a game in Europe then I think look that's where we might struggle with those guys but look I, I don't I don't think these guys are not going to bring in their own their own game their own A game but I just think that that's maybe a position that we'll probably look at is maybe trying to get a really really pacey kind of left right winger that can play both positions probably for me so um, no I don't think um, the fans as much as I love Hadji, I think it's probably about time for him to go now. Yeah, I think it's it's going to end one way or another. I don't think it's going to end the way I'd like it as, as a Hadji fanboy. Um, I just wanted to say, obviously, we're getting close to the end of the, the, the podcast tonight. Thanks to Cammy K, Brian, and of course, Jim Sloan for all your, your member re-ups and your donations tonight. Again, that's massive for the pod. It's massive for the the future of the pod for opportunities to work with the club in and around matches and content for the channel. Obviously, if you if you like the content, if you're not bored of listening to my voice or any of the other podders' voices, then of course you can subscribe for a pound a month and get the daily news show that is up every morning. It's calling. It's some of the other guys get in there as well. You know, I've personally I did it before I was a podder, um, so. I'd say it's definitely worth it if if you're wanting that extra content. I'll end tonight by doing the kind of predictions. And I know that the guys in the Sunday pod will be doing their predictions probably for both games as well. So I will start. Shona, where do you, where do you see our scores uh, being for Eindhoven away and for the big game against that lot at the weekend? I think, uh, like uh, Chris said, I know Chris Blunt's obviously the same team that played midweek, but I think we've got enough quality in there now that we don't really have any excuses. If players come in from other players at the weekend, I expect a few changes. I think we should have enough quality to beat uh, Ross County. So I'm going for Rangers to win 3-0 against Ross County. And I'm going, for, I'm going to go for Lammers and Danilo. And Lammers, Danilo, and I'll go for... Uh, let me think, let me think. Uh, and I'll go for Daniel two, two goals and Lammers. And I think midweek, we are going to win 2-1. And I think it's going to be a late goal in the second half. I think it'll be 1-1 round about half past half, half past time, half time. And we'll go up and we'll score around about the 80th minute, I think. And we'll put us through. And I think it'll be a Tavernier penalty. It'll put us through just because it'll annoy a lot of the fans from last week having a good tap. So uh, I hope Tav does win back on the fans and the scores as a penalty. May as well chuck in that, that, that big game as well. I completely forgot about I, I, <laughs> asking for the predictions. I forgot we had county before Eindhoven. Uh, so with, you give your county uh, Eindhoven. What do you think for the old firm? Your prediction for that one? Old firm? I'm actually pretty confident. I think if we go into that game at the PSV and we win that, I think we're going to go into the old firm and I think we're absolutely going to scale them at least 2-0. So yeah, I'm going to take that and uh, hopefully by Wednesday as well at that back at Yoko. He's off to the good old Burnley. So that'll uh, help us get through on uh, Wednesday night too. 
That's great. Chris, uh, give us your, your, your prediction for the three games. Um, are you similar or are you going maybe opposite? Um, Saturday, I think it'll be 3 1. I think we'll concede. Ross County all seem to have a go. They all seem to score, but we seem to score quite a few into them. I think 3 1 on Saturday, and I think um, Wednesday night 1 0. A second half, a second half, um, Cantwell goal. Second half, Cantwell goal, we'll need to scrape Sean off the ceiling. <laughs> I'm not predicting the Celtic game, that's too far away, I don't even want to think about them yet. I was thinking that maybe you would say Durham. that. Yeah. Durham, obviously. Natural, natural, natural order will be restored, but I'm not going to predict it yet. Let's go. <laughs> I'll say, I think we'll kick off that kind of, that we our games with a nice, comfortable one. I'll go 3-0 um, for County. I'll say it'll be a tight game in Eindhoven, I'll say a 1-0 to the Jairs. I'll chuck in a tough penalty for that one. Um, and I'll maybe say 2 0 against Celtic. Um, I'd, and for that game, I don't care who the scorers are as long as they score. Um, it's just one of those games, uh, but we'll see, have to see how it goes. You know, keep up with the, the channel and for the live shows, you'll be back on Sunday, and then you know, your Thursday next week leading up to the big one. Oh, it's gonna be a tough one, but um. Thanks, everyone, for listening back. If you're going to listen to it um, after the live show, thanks to everyone listening and on the live pod. Uh, again, all your support is is massive for us. Um, we love every, everything that's coming from doing this, this live. Um, thank you very much, guys. And we are the people. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 